you have your Bibles with you, would you open them please to the very first gospel? That's the gospel of Matthew. On Sunday morning, we're in a sermon series entitled Thriving in Hard Times. And we are living in hard times. And they're going to get harder. But God doesn't want us just to limp through these times as survivors. He wants us to walk through these times as thrivers. To be men and women, teenagers, boys and girls of victory, not defeat. And today we're looking at a message entitled, Building on Solid Ground. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to begin reading in just a moment with verse 24. But look up here at me first, if you would. Jesus was a master storyteller. Probably the greatest storyteller who ever lived. Jesus told short stories. And every story that Jesus told was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It was a double-edged story. Now, his stories were simple enough that a child could understand them if that child wanted to know the truth. Let me say that again. His stories were simple enough for a child to understand them if that child wanted to know the truth. But his stories were also complex enough that you could never understand them if you never wanted to know the truth. Religious leaders, specifically. So as we look at this story this morning, it is very short and it's very simple. Those of you who have come this morning wanting to know the truth, you're going to get something out of this story. Those of you who have just come, you didn't have anything else to do. You wanted a chance to win a prize. It's air-conditioned in here. You wanted to get away from some of the heat. Or you thought we're having a meal after church. You don't know. I don't know why. But if you didn't come to want to know the truth, you're just here. You'll walk out without hearing anything that will make any difference in your life. So it's all about what you're looking for, and it was true in Jesus' day, it's true here today. Jesus' story. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and obeys them, not just hears them, but obeys them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain came, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. But it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, but does not obey them, they hear, but they do not do. They shall be likened unto a foolish man, which likewise built his house, except he built his house on the sand. And the same rain came, the same floods came, the same winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it collapsed. And great was the fall of it. Back in 1174, 
an Italian contractor by the name of Bonanno Pisano decided that he wanted to build an eight-story bell tower in the city of Pisa. Well, he was a gotta-get-it-done-today type guy. You know somebody like that? Well, he had to get it done today. And so he skimped on foundational issues in building this eight-story bell tower. His foundation was shallow. It was built primarily on sand and mud and loose dirt. And because of faulty foundation issues, this eight-story bell tower that was supposed to only take a couple of years to build actually ended up taking 176 years to complete. Can you imagine that? And when it did get built, because of the faulty foundational issues, it was not erect like this. It's like that. It had a lean of 18 feet on an eight-story building. Now, contractors and other building-minded people have been trying to correct this problem in the Leaning Tower of Pisa for a long time. And they can't. If you have a faulty foundation, it doesn't matter what else you got. And the tower continues to lean. Those who study such things tell us that one day, the leaning tower of Pisa is going to be the fallen tower of Pisa. That it's going to come crashing to the ground because the lean is getting greater and greater with each passing generation. Now you say, Pastor, that's a wonderful story. I know it is. Why'd you tell it to us? Well, because our lives are like that tower. If we build our lives on faulty foundations, one day our lives are going to not only lean, but they're going to come crashing to the ground. If we're going to build our lives with durability and stability in mind, we have to put under them a strong foundation. Now Jesus is talking about buildings. And let's, let's look at the story if we can. Remember, it's a simple story. Jesus always kept things at the lowest common denominator because he was trying to reach everybody. Muddy waters don't always run deep. You can, tell, you can tell simple truths and still have a profound impact on people's lives. But let's look at the story now that Jesus just told. He first of all talks about two men. Two men. Average, ordinary contractors who decide that they want to build a house for their family. They're tired of renting. They're tired of living in the particular neighborhood they're in. So they go out and they buy a piece of land and now they want to build a house. Now, the amazing thing about these two men is they both choose to build the same house. They both buy land in the same proximity. They both are going to use the same plans to build their house. 
They're going to use the same materials. They're going to use the same provider of those materials. In other words, they're going to build two houses that look exactly alike, very close to one another. Same plans, same builders, same provider of the building materials. Now these men have a name. You didn't see it there, but I'm going to help you with their names. I did some research. The, one of the men's name was Wise Willie. Wise Willie. He's a wise man, the Bible says in verse 24. He's wise because he built his house upon a rock. Now, when you see the word wise in the Bible, it's not necessarily talking about somebody's IQ. You can have an IQ of 150 and be a dumbbell. Wise in the Bible means you listen to what people say. You carefully do what people tell you to do. You have a plan. You have specifications. And you follow them. Wise Willie listens to people. He gathers counselors around him. He weighs their advice. He has the blueprints of his house in his possession. And he follows the blueprints specifically and accurately. He doesn't cut corners. He doesn't skimp on costs. He doesn't try to rush something that takes time. That's why he's wise, Willie. He listens. He follows instructions. But then he has a neighbor who also is building a house just like his in the same neighborhood, using the same contractors, using the same subs, using the same building materials, bought from the same provider. But we read in verse 26 that this gentleman called Foolish Freddy, well, he doesn't do like Wise Willie. Now, once again, wise in the Bible doesn't mean you have a high IQ. And foolish in the Bible doesn't mean you have a low IQ. In fact, that word foolish in the Greek translates moron. Okay? Foolish Freddy was a moron. Not because he wasn't smart. Simply because he was a know-it-all and a done-it-all. He didn't listen to anybody. He didn't follow any advice. He didn't seek any counsel. He took the blueprints and he said, whoever wrote these things was an idiot. I'm going to cut a corner here. I'm going to make an alteration here. I'm going to do an amendment here. This cost is too much. I'm going to change this. And that's exactly what he did. Wise Willie built his house thoughtfully, carefully, and exactly to specifications. Foolish Fred, well, he built his house impulsively, wildly, off the mark. But if you saw those two houses from the road, you're driving by the neighborhood, you'd say, Wise Willie's got a nice house. And Foolish Freddy's got a nice house. In fact, they look identical. 
And they were, except for what you couldn't see. That was the foundation. So let's move on now. So we got, we got two men. You got that? Wise Willie and Foolish Freddy. Maybe he was Freddy the Frilly Loader. I don't know. Now we got two houses. Two houses. Now I told you that these houses look identical. They look the same. Same place, same plans. Same workers, same materials, same providers. Cost the same, everything's the same. Except what? The foundations. But you can't see the foundation, can you? You can't see the invisible. All you can see what's visible. And so they build these two houses. And these two houses stand up very well when the sun is shining. They stand up very well when there's a drizzle of rain. They stand up very well when the waves are just one or two feet rolling in very gently. They stand up very well when the winds are five or ten miles an hour. Very refreshing. These two houses are doing wonderfully well under these type of weather conditions. But these two men, Wise Willie, Foolish Freddy, who built these houses that are identical as far as your eye can see, these two houses that have standed for weeks and months and years because the weather has been mild, are about to experience something. A storm is coming. It's hurricane life. You familiar with that hurricane? You will one day. Hurricane life is coming. It's coming suddenly. It's coming swiftly. It's coming savagely. It is coming. The winds of hurricane life are 150 miles an hour. This is a Category 5 hurricane life. And the waves are now going to be 10 to 15 foot. They go from little frog jumpers to tidal waves. And the rain is now going to fall, but it's going to fall hard and heavy, and a lot of it. 18 to 24 to 30 inches of rain. Hurricane life is on the way. And it's coming suddenly and swiftly, and it's coming without warning. Now remember the two houses look the same, don't they? Wise Willie puts his family in his house, preparing for the storm. Foolish Freddy puts his family in his house, preparing for the storm. Two identical houses... Same place, same plan, same materials, same workers, same bank loaned them the money. The only difference is, keep in mind, is what? What you can't see, and that's the foundation. Wise Willie built his foundation, his house, on a rock. Foolish Freddy built his house on sand. 
firm foundation, faulty foundation. Now what's going to happen? Well, the storm comes. And wise Willie's house anchored to the bedrock stands tall, stands firm, stands still, and doesn't go anywhere. But what about foolish Freddy's house? <laughs> well, it was built on sand. And sand does not give you a very good anchor, does it? And foolish Freddy's house begins to shake. It begins to rock and roll. It begins to warble and wobble. And then it collapses. The whole thing comes tumbling down and is washed into the sea and blown away by the winds. How firm a foundation, wise Willie. How flimsy a foundation, foolish Freddy. After the storm comes and goes, Willie's house is standing. And Fred's house is no more. Now that's the story. Now I've been repetitive with it. I've been pushing the details over and over and over, not because I forgetful, but because I want you to think about that story. Now, you might be saying, well, Pastor, wonderful story, time to go. No, not quite yet. Not quite yet, but we'll go in a minute. What does that story mean here? Remember, Jesus just didn't tell stories because he didn't have anything else to do. He told stories because they were earthly stories with what? A heavenly meaning. So what is Jesus trying to say to you and I this morning, very quickly, as he tells this story? What was he trying to say to those of his day? First of all, I believe he's saying this. God has given us a life to build. You see, the two men are representations of you sitting out here and me standing up here. When the Lord brought us into this world, He gave us the opportunity to build our house, which is our life. We only get one life and we only get one house. Are you listening to me? You don't get multiple lives and you're not going to get multiple houses. You come into this world with the opportunity, the God-given opportunity, to build one house. You do not know how long you will have to build that house. Some of us will have 90 years. Some of us will have 70 years. Some of us 50. Some of us 30. Some of us under 20. I don't know how many years you have. You don't know how many years I have. But we know this. God has given us a house to build and that house is our life. Let's not waste time, and let's not waste our life. The second thing I think we need to understand is, God in His wisdom does not allow us to build our life, our house if you will, without giving us the blueprint how to do it. 
God wants us to be successful. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to build a life, a house, if you will, that will stand the test of time. That no matter how many storms our house faces, our life faces, we will not collapse, we will not crumble, we will not be sent away. We will stand tall, strong and stable. God has given us the blueprint. You say, Pastor, what is it? Glad you asked that question. Right there. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book, that's the blueprint for you and me. If we stand upon the Word of God, it's the B-I-B-L-E. The blueprint of how to build our house, our life, is right here. All of these specifications are in this book. If we will follow the specifications accurately, correctly, regularly. We're going to build something that will be beautiful now and beautiful later. That will stand tall in the mild weather, but will also stand tall when the storms come. And by the way, they're coming. You say, I I haven't had a storm lately. Just wait, you will. Don't pat yourself on the back too soon. The day's not over yet, and that cell phone could ring. Tomorrow morning you could get a FedEx letter, UPS letter, registered mail. Go to work tomorrow, you might get a surprise, and it's not a bonus. Psalm 119 verse 4 says, God has laid out the precepts. The blueprints in His Word. The Word of God is our blueprint. Thirdly, we are to obey the Word of God. We're to obey the Word of God exactly as it instructs us to do so. We're not to try to amend the Word of God. We're not to try to change the Word of God. We're not to correct the Word of God. We're not to alter the Word of God. We are to follow the Word of God as plainly as it speaks to us how we should live our lives. We don't opinionate. We don't speculate. We don't seek philosophers. We don't seek religious gurus. We listen to what the master builder tells us to do in building our house, our life, that it might stand the test of time here and forever. Psalm 119, verse 4, not only says he's laid out the precepts, but he also expects us to fully obey them. Not just lays them out. He says, I lay them out that you will obey them. Now, why is this important? Why is it important that we understand we have a life to build? One life to build. Don't know how long we have it, but we got to build. Why is it important that we use the blueprint, the Bible, to help us to build that life? Why is that important? Because as I've told you and told you, and some of you aren't listening yet, there's storms on the way. 
Category 5 storms are coming to you. They're coming to me. They're coming to us. They're coming to our nation. They're coming to our world. There is no safe place. You say, but pastor, I'm a Christian. And I was told if I give my life to Jesus, I'll never have a problem. I'll never have a storm. It'll be tiptoe through the tulip, smelling roses, basking in the sunshine, carrying my bag of a thousand silver dollars while I whistle Dixie. (laughs) On the way to glory. If you believe that nonsense, let me sell you some land in China. Jesus Christ said in this world you're going to have tribulation. Not the tribulation, tribulation, trouble, hard times, storms. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is we have the presence of a living God with us. And they're all alone. So there's storms are going to come. The God who reigns on the righteous also reigns on the unrighteous. So you're going to get storms and they're coming. And they're going to come suddenly. They're going to come swiftly. They're going to come savagely. They could come before this day is over. They might come tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Don't sit here high, wide, and handsome and think you've gotten away with anything. It's not over. And these hurricanes that are coming, these Category 5 monster storms that could hit me or you, they have names. We name hurricanes. These storms have hurricane names too. They're called disease and divorce and termination and bankruptcy and assault. Death, persecution, heartbreak, betrayal, oppression. And there's a storm coming for you. And there's a storm coming for me. And we might get quite a few before we leave this world. Are you listening? God has given us a life. That life is our house, and He's told us to build. He's given us the blueprint of how to build. All the specifications that we need how to build this house and this life that will be visible and invisible, that will be outward and will be inward. He wants us to do exactly as He's told us to do. Because he knows the future, and the future holds some monster storms out there. And some of you might learn that even before this day is over. If we build our lives on this blueprint, accurately, correctly, following the specifications to the letter that we are given, if we don't try to cut corners if we don't try to save money, if we don't try to be comfortable and convenient, if we don't try to make alterations and amendments and excuses, if we just do what the architect says to do, we will build a beautiful life and a beautiful house that will stand forever. Here and up there. And if we don't, we will build a house that will one day collapse 
in this life and might even lead to ruination in the next. Now the question is, Pastor Wise Willie built his house on the rock. That was the foundation. What is the foundation if we're to be wise and have a house and a life that will stand the test of time today, tomorrow, and forever? What is our foundation? Well, Jesus tells us, In verse 21 of Matthew 7, when he's talking about some surprises that are going to take place on Judgment Day, do you, do you understand there will be some people who will stand before Jesus one day expecting to get into heaven and they're not getting in? Because they built on a what? A faulty foundation. But Jesus says, and the last part of verse 21 he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He's the one that shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then notice in verse 24. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, says Jesus, and what? What follows? And doeth them. Not just hears, but does. The foundation that we build our life on is the Bible. Not just knowing the Bible in our head, but obeying it with our life. Are you listening to me? Not just knowing this up here. Just about every one of you know this Bible right here to some degree. But Jesus said, those who obey the will of God, which is found in the Word of God, and does it. Those who know the Bible and do it. They're the ones who are the wise builders, who are going to build something that will last on earth and last for eternity. The foolish people are those who walk around with it all right there. They know it all but they don't do it all. And they cut corners on the specifications given to us in the blueprint called the Bible. And one day, it's all going to come crashing down. Are you listening to me? You see, everybody looks the same right now. Because we all have the same house going up to some degree. But you can't see my foundation, can you? I can't see your foundation. But your foundation will be determined, and you'll know what my foundation is when the storm comes. If we're still standing, we had a good one. And if we're not, we didn't. The foundation is the Word of God. Not just knowing it, but obeying it. There was a TV show many years ago that had the Robinson family on it. Y'all remember Lost in Space? I'm dating myself. I can't tell you I'm 39 anymore because I know that. But 
But in Lost in Space, there was a little boy named Will Robinson. And Will Robinson's favorite, uh, favorite companion in that show was a robot. And, and the robot would follow Will Robinson everywhere he went. And whenever Will Robinson was threatened, the robot with his little hands We've come a long way with things since then. He would say, warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson. Warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson. Sometimes Will would listen, sometimes he wouldn't. The Spirit of God is our robot. And He's saying to us right now, you better listen. Storms are coming, my friend. Personal storms, family storms, church storms, nation storms, world storms, they're coming. You can sit there looking at me like I'm crazy if you want. I'm telling you they're coming. And when they come, they're going to come suddenly, they're going to come swiftly, they're going to come savagely, and those who are not built on the Word of God in obedience to the Word of God are going to get blown away. You say, Pastor, who are you talking to? See, I don't know who I'm talking to because I can't see your foundation and you can't see mine. But when the storm comes and goes, we'll know, won't we? We'll know. So the question is, are you saved by the Word of God? Are you saved by the Word of God? For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, that is a gift from God. Is your salvation in the person of Jesus Christ, the living Word? Have you placed your faith in Him and Him alone in repentant of your sin? If you have, you're building your house, your life, on the Word of God for salvation. If you've tried to do any other way, you are building something that will collapse one day in eternity. Biggest problem in America is religion. Religion has done more to damn people than anything I know. Satan is the author of religion. Religion confuses people. It makes something simple complex. If you want to be born again, place your faith in the living Christ and Him alone. Repent of your sin. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord in that manner shall be saved. It's that simple. And yet so many people, maybe you, you say, well, my salvation's because I said a prayer. No, your salvation isn't in a prayer. My salvation's because I walked an aisle and got, and, and got baptized. No, that's not in your salvation. Those are good things perhaps to do, but they don't save a man's soul. Jesus does. So make sure you got your foundation on Him if you're going to be saved. And then make sure that your foundation is found in obedience to Him. He, by the way, He's the Lord Jesus. You may not make Him Lord of your life, but He is Lord, whether you make it or not. And one day, every knee will bend and every head will bow and every tongue will broadcast that He is Lord to the glory of the Father. Are you obedient to Him? It's not just enough to say, Pastor, I know that I'm not supposed to get drunk as a skunk every weekend. You don't do it! 
That's the problem in so many churches. We sit here with all of its stuff here, but nothing ever translates out in our life. If you know that sexual immorality is wrong, why do you do it? If you know that smoking weed is wrong, why do you do it? If you know that cussing and fussing is wrong, why do you do it? A, a, a strong foundation is you get saved the right way through Christ Jesus and you believe the Bible and obey the Bible. And if you don't have that under you when the storms come, here's your house. Away it goes. I want to close by, suppose the devil was here this morning. You'd know him because he'd have red pajamas on. <laughs> he'd be sitting in front of you with two little horns on his head, a pitchfork instead of a cane. You look at him too hard, he'll poke you with that. He'd kind of have an unusual smell, kind of soot. Kind of a sulfury cologne he wears. But suppose the devil was here today. And I gave an invitation. And the devil comes out of the seat, wherever he might, section he might be in. And he walks down here and he says to Sam, who would be greeting people. He says, I'd like to become a member of Miles Road Baptist Church. That's the devil now. Applying for membership at Miles Road Baptist Church. Well, Sam recognizes him. He's seen the devil before. Right, Sam? Okay. <laughs> and Sam says, well, Mr. Devil, uh, i, I got to ask you some questions before. I, I just can't. Come over here. So Sam takes him to the side. And Sam says, well, Mr. Devil, we got to check your doctrine before you can join us. Do you believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus. Know him personally. Do you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? I sure do. Do you believe he lived a perfect life? I sure do. Do you believe he died on the cross for the sins of the world? I sure do. Do you believe he was buried and resurrected from the grave? I sure do. Do you believe the devil one day is coming again? Do you believe, you're com <laughs> you believe Jesus is coming again? He says, I sure do. I mean, he's as doctrinally orthodox and straight as any of us. He knows the Bible better than us. He can quote verses. Well, Sam now has got a little sweat on his face. Goodness gracious, I can't disqualify him because of the Bible. He knows the Bible. So Sam says, well, if you come a part of this church, you've got to serve, devil. You've you got to serve. He says, I'll gladly serve in the choir loft. I used to be a choir director in heaven. He's good, but he's wet behind the ears. I've been doing this a lot longer than him. I'll serve. Well, Sam's now sweating even more. I, I, I can't bring him from church membership. Will you, if you're going to join this church, devil, you've got to give. I'll be glad to give. I'll give 25, 30, 40%. I don't need it. Now, Sam's in trouble because he's got to do something with the devil's request to join this church. 
And then the Lord speaks to Sam, and he speaks to the devil. He says, devil, one more thing. You, you doctrinally are sound. You know a lot. And you're very gifted and talented, and you'll serve, and you're very rich, and you give. But I've got to ask you one more thing that requires, if you're going to be a member of this church, devil. Will you obey the Lord Jesus Christ? And he looks at Sam and says, you've got to be kidding. Are you listening to me? It's not enough just to have it all stuck up here and be able to spit it out when you need to. It's not enough to serve. It's not enough to give. Ladies and gentlemen, the foundation that will hold us forever is a foundation that's founded on knowing the Word of God and doing the Word of God. And if you don't know it, then you can't do it. And if you know it, you ought to do it. And if you know it, but you're not doing it, there's something wrong with you. Heads are bowed and eyes.